All right, you guys, I'm here with Michael Horn. He is Michael Myers, American or United States um, media representative. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, Michael, welcome. Thank you. It's actually Billy Meyer. On what did I say? You said Michael Myers. He's the actor. Oh, Michael Myers. I like that. Remember, <laughs> oh, yeah, Billy Meyer. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, well. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Which, which his actual name is Edward. So Billy. Edward Albert Meyer, and he was nicknamed Billy many, many years ago. Yeah, because it was Billy the Kidness. Okay, so, okay, so and I, I reviewed uh, Billy's story, which I am actually really surprised I haven't, I have seen uh, pictures of, you know, like in uh, X-Files, they even use one of his yeah. UFOs as, on the poster that's like, I want to believe, and it has like a picture of a Billy Myers a UFO on there. Uh, so, I mean, I, I've heard his name being thrown around, but I've never really looked into him. And I've been obsessed with UFOs for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. So I'm kind of going like, where have I been? Like, what, why have I not even gotten into this? So, uh, so like, let's start, just give for our audience, can you, what, how would you summarize what Billy Myers' story is about? Okay. Uh, and now I'm, I'm going to actually uh, absolve you of any uh, culpability on your part for not knowing about this after I answer that question. Um, Billy Meyer is a now 84-year-old Swiss man. He claims that ever since he was a five-year-old boy that he has been having voluntary face-to-face -face and onboard meetings with members of at least one and actually several extraterrestrial human races and that this took, took him at a time in his life, he's a five-year-old boy who already had very kind of cosmic considerations. He would spend a lot of time looking at the sky and thinking about the universe and what have you. It, initially, when that happened, it was a little off-putting to him because he didn't quite understand. But suffice it to say that for, well, almost 80 years now, he has, he claims, been meeting with these people. He's been on board their craft since he was a child. They have taken him many places on this world, outside of our world, in our solar system, beyond, and again, allegedly, in not only space, but also traveling in time. Mm. He has, uh, for those who don't know, <coughs> pardon me, he has one hand. He has only the right arm and hand. He lost most of his left arm in a pretty brutal bus truck accident in about 1965 in Turkey. And he had taken his first UFO photos in 1964, about a dozen of which remain. There's elements of that whole thing that we can always go into because actually that authenticates the entire story right away for certain reasons, if, you, if we wanna discuss it. But he continues to meet with these people. And to date, he has published over 45,000 pages of information. And that's of a vast, vast variety of information, including we've already, out of the few thousand pages in English, we found over 200 specific examples of prophetically accurate scientific, environmental, medical, geopolitical, and uh, economic financial information. His physical evidence surpasses anything in anything called ufology. He's the only person that actually has evidence. 
Uh, sure, there's plenty of photos and films and lights in the sky, but we're talking about a man who, with one hand, beginning in 64, has taken over 1,200, basically daytime, although summer, nighttime, stunningly clear UFO photos, films, video, brought forward metal alloy samples allegedly given to him by the Playaren extraterrestrials, sound recordings made on four occasions of the ships in open fields in front of as many as 17 people. So he is, I, I un, unreservedly say, the Meyer case is what the entire UFO cover-up is about. That is a puzzling thing for many people to hear. And I want to come back to what you said in the beginning about you know, 10, 15 years, and you hadn't come upon it. It ties into the reason I've said the Meyer case is what the UFO cover-up is about. Um, this has, <laughs> has been suppressed very actively since it first gained more public awareness in 1975. Billy Meyer has survived 23 documented attempts in his life, kidnapping attempts on his children, endless harassment, character assassination, et cetera. So and that one was crazy. I saw there was there was one assassination attempt where he was walking in a field and he had a dream the night before about uh, to wear like some sort of metal thing in his like pocket. And he had a, I don't know if it was a book or what, he had a metal plate of some sort and a book and the yeah. bullet like went through the book hit the metal plate like would have gone into his heart and just saved him like and like he has like the book and the metal thing i mean so exactly right exactly what happened in that particular occasion i've interviewed uh, eyewitnesses to at least 14 of the attempts i've seen bullet holes i've uh, it's not made up <laughs> and as as you were describing from the film we've seen the book and the metal plate and the hat that he shot off of somebody's head this is so far beyond what is currently passing for ufology and so-called UAP investigation. And there's some very, very profound reasons. Yeah, what do you think it is? Like, why do you, why do you think you really want it covered up? Like, what's, what's the deep reason for that? Actually, in a certain sense, it makes logical sense if we take a strictly Earth world-based view. And by that, I mean this. The governing and controlling entities of our world are military, industrial, religious, political, governmental, corporate. You know, uh, that includes media and all the rest of this. All of the aforementioned re require that there is a certain certainty, a certain control that the human beings of Earth are under so that things don't get out of control as they would perceive it and that they wouldn't lose control. Now, we can go into that as much or as little as we want, but let's face it, the military exists for the purpose of defense, but no, we're a nation surrounded by you know, two oceans and then Canada and South and Central America. We're not attacked by anybody, yet we have a multi-trillion dollar military and- you know, Bigger than all the other militaries in the world combined. Yeah, right. What's that about? Well, you know, we can get there. The thing is this, for the 80 years that Meyer claims that he's having these contacts, 
And there's well over 100 eyewitnesses to the craft, eyewitnesses to the ETs, only a few, five other photographers, and all this evidence. Okay. For those 80 years, there's been no hostility, no aggression. We could have been <laughs> annihilated, dominated, wiped off the face of the planet if this was a hostile race. Now, you may notice that the current conversation uh, that's being offered by the Pentagon, by people like Lou Elizondo, who I poked a little bit in one of my videos, by Christopher Mellon, by a lot of these people has to do, it started right away as soon as the Pentagon started to release their information, they're talking about threat, threat. invasion yep. of space, uh, our, our facilities violating air. Look, we are so not a match for any extraterrestrial race that could exist. The agenda here, and I'm going to put it out here because, you know, I'm pretty merciless on social media and Twitter and people don't like well, that. Well, I am too in that particular subject about the threat thing because like, I, I'm like, look, look, there have been like, for instance, behind you is the wedding cake uh, UFO, which to me looks very similar to uh, uh, Venema, or, or what do you call them, Vermanas, which are like these UFOs from India way back when. Like, Mahabharata and all that. Right. You know, there's the, these aliens, whatever you want to call them, time travelers or whatever, they have been here like way longer than just, you know, 2021. So, like, my thing is like, if they <laughs> wanted to, they, they would have, we would have been eliminated you know, way, like, long, long time ago, like, there's no threat, like, that is, like, some sort of, like, I feel like that's more of, like, the Project Blue Beam kind of agenda, like, type narrative starting. You know, I'm, thank you, I'm very relieved to hear you say this, because um, there are many things, and, and we, we can agree, disagree, doesn't matter, we're, we're, we're discussing, the agenda of the military, the secret military, uh, is not something that is freely and publicly acknowledged and put out in the media to all the hopeful UFO investigators. So when you have people like Lou Elizondo saying, we're so grateful that we've got people like the debrief who are following, oh my God, please. You've got, these people are, you know, listen, they, they have been in service to our country, I, I'm not, disparaging whatever their dedicated service to the country is. I may disagree with certain things about intelligence, but there is no way on earth that the Pentagon and all these people are going to start telling us, well, we, we wanna let you know the truth about if there was a real threat, this is what boggled my mind. Not only could we have been wiped out, but they would not be bringing it to national intelligence. You've got six months by the end of you know June, oh, yeah, release yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got an emergency. You don't give somebody six months to deal with. We, the Pentagon, wouldn't even tell us if there was a real threat. I guarantee you, they would be trying to figure out what to do, which wouldn't be too much. They're going to say, well, if we say anything at this point, we're going to create real panic that there really is a threat. So they're building up something here that could lead to a fake ET attack, to martial law and all, for various geopolitical reasons and stuff. So the Meyer case threatens that narrative, all of it, because it's, it's anything but an aggression against us. The core of this case, the core, it's not the UFOs, it's not even the prophecies, which are mind boggling because they're so accurate, 
it's what they call alternately they call it the spiritual teaching or the creation energy teaching it's how the universe works how we could learn to think so we could live in peace and all the rest of these good things that runs straight up against right. the agenda there it is yeah so you're basically saying that like billy myers is a, is and what i what i i like a thing i i also talk a lot about on my on my podcast is about personal sovereignty and about um and he he gets into that as well and basically like one of the things is like you know like the systems that be whether whether we want to call it the elite or whatever like they do use uh belief control systems uh, and things like against us so if you if you kind of go into like a personal sovereignty kind of like you know a narrative that that doesn't that doesn't go with like they need us to be kind of more sheeple you know yes so true it's true and when you say see personal sovereignty there's a lot of one of the things i noticed because there's now this is a multi-generational conversation which when i began researching and investigating 42 years ago was far narrower in the generational participation hmm. you had the, if you will, the old guard and everybody involved in ufology and all this stuff, they were, oh, many of them were older than I was at the time. Some were a bit younger and are now you know, closer to my age or even younger. Point being, we now have different terms, personal sovereignty, resets and all. Fundamentally, life is life. And each human being, in this, in this case, this is why I, I I tear what's left of my hair out when people say, oh, the Billy Meyer cult, the Billy Meyer sex cult. I'm good. Cult? What are you talking about? The core of this read, case. You should read the Billy Meyer, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Wikipedia page. It's just like a I know. lander thing. That is, that is part of the but honestly, for me, Wikipedia has lost validity a long, long time ago because, I, I mean, anything that I think is cool, it's just completely shit on every time i look at anything about it on uh on, on wikipedia so i don't even i mean it's mm -hmm. I, you go there for a source if you want to know like how old like judy dench is or something you don't go yeah, there right. if you want to like learn something yeah. real but i digress that's okay well what this is the thing you've got disinformation entities such as wikipedia and others and there's an encroachment very uh, let's say consistent and determined encroachment in all forms of media by the powers that be. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. A lot of stuff is obvious and it's true, you know. Okay, so here's the thing, the core of the Meyer material. The first thing they start off with, every human being is 100% self-responsible for everything in their own life. We must learn to see things as they really are, not through the filter of our fears or our hopes and wishes, but first to see what is. Then as we learn how to think and how thinking works, the might of the thoughts, which is the title of one of Meyer's books, we learn how to take what is real and what is true and what is actual, and then apply our thinking to it to either work this way or that way to change things for the better to leave things as they are in our personal life every single moment of 24-hour day we are thinking mostly unconsciously so that's why we have a world like this too so for those people oh i hear billy meyer's got a religion and a you can't 
You can't worship anybody. No one's knocking on your door. They're not soliciting you for your money. They're saying, look, learn how to think. Stop chasing lights in the sky, because most of it's secret military. And that which is extraterrestrial, a smaller percentage, what are you going to do with it? It's very interesting. But there is an unasked question, Nikki, and it drives me crazy that nobody in ufology asks it. And it's this. If, let's just say, I'll use the fire case. If these contacts are real and are true, what's the reason for them? It isn't for us to chase lights in the sky. It isn't for me or anybody else to run around trying to have a so-called career as a UFO lecturer. There's a reason that if truly more advanced beings are appearing here, are in contact with a human being, they're not doing it because they have nothing else to do. And the reason from what I and others have been able to determine is the reason is to help us assure our own very threatened future survival. And everything feeds up to that point. So let me stop because that's that whole piece. Well, I like, I, I really do. I do like that. Um, I mean, like, I'm not going to fight you and be like, prove to me that this is real because I, um, I also uh, am a contactee, I guess, or whatever. I, I, I don't know. Like I have, um, I'm a lucid dreamer. I've experienced a lot of interesting psychedelic trips. I've, um, I've seen UFOs before. I've, I've had some contact in dream time and in coming into my room since I was a kid. So you can take that or leave that. I don't care. It's not my responsibility to have anybody believe anything one way or the other. So like, I don't judge whether something is like that's complete bullshit or like that's not or this or whatever. But so like, let's just go, let's just go ahead and let's just go from the premise of, okay, if this is real, if this is happening, if this is going on, then let's talk about it from there. Okay, so sure. my, my, why I wanna know is a couple of things like Palladians and Plagiarians, uh, like what's the difference? Or like, cause you know, there's a big part of, there's a lot of, like I even had a lady on my show who, uh, her name's Christine Day. She claims that she saw a Palladian ship when and she was in her thirties and it came out and these people talked to her. And then now she has like an open channel and they're like constantly talking to her in her head, like all the time. And she's got this place in Minnesota and she talks about it all the time. Uh, there, there's this lady I'm going to go see in Arkansas in May. Her name's Lavendar. She's in her seventies. She claims that like, basically she's half Palladian or something. And then she has two penal glands and she's like this crazy cycle. I don't know. I don't know. If she's really not. She's kind of cool. She's got some good stories. She's got some nice stuff. But what I'm saying is that like they're, they, they both have the Palladian story. So what's going on with the, what's going on with that particular race being kind of, and then there's the real society, which, you know, was um, big in the world war II stuff. And they're, they're also kind of, associated with the, the look of like the you know the tall Scandinavian beautiful humanoid so what what do you what do you what's this thing about you know what I like to say is this according to the information in the case when I don't have the ability to prove or disprove something myself that's what I'll say if I can prove something and if I you know in terms of let's just go back for a moment to what you're saying about experiences personal I've had a lot of personal experiences I consider them anecdotal. They're interesting to me, they've been interesting, I don't talk a lot, but they're not important, why? Because if I'm going to, if I'm gonna bring something forward, I'm just of the mind, I wanna be able to establish, here is what you can 
vet. Here's what you can analyze and debate and examine if we're going to proceed on a scientific kind of look at things. Otherwise, if people say, well, I have this experience and all, as I said, I've had seven sightings, I've been within 20 feet of one of their craft, blah, blah, fine, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't right. fit into that. So to well, I do you, feel like what that does do is it makes a person, like for me, like I'm not trying to make anybody believe my, my stuff, but what I right. am doing is like, I, I'm just letting you know, I'm very open-minded. Like you don't have to, sure. like we can, let, like, let's just, we can go forward. We'll go. You don't have to convince okay. people that there's something going on. <laughs> Let's jump into Pleiadians and Pleiaren. They pronounce the J as a Y. Okay. Um, in 1975, Billy Meyer had the first of what were called the official contacts. Now, remembering his first contacts started in 1942 as a five-year-old boy. And there's a lot of, they're releasing a lot of the information from then, which is pretty staggering stuff, how, what he was told when he was shown and all. But in 75, this woman, alleged extraterrestrial, Senyaze, January 28th, perhaps 75, appears. This is going to be the beginning of the official contacts that are meant to be made public. And it is, I think, not necessarily in that context, it may be, but in one of the subsequent contacts, if not, she tells him that he should use the term Pleiadians. And he said, well, why should I use that term? First of all, you're not, you don't call yourselves Pleiadians. Second of all, there's no life in the Pleiades. It's very young blue suns, no life, may never evolve there, who knows? And won't that be misleading? And she said, well, we're gonna explain it to you. What we know already is that once you come forward with your transcripts of our conversations, with all of your photographic evidence, everything else that's going to unfold from here on, you're going to attract the attention of people who are for various reasons and the reasons are varying, are going to claim that they are in contact with Pleiadians, that they are visiting with Pleiadians, that they're channeling Pleiadians, that they're having babies with Pleiadians. It's gonna be Pleiadian because we're giving you that term. So to make it very simple, what we're saying is, you won't have to ask us every time somebody appears in the worldly scene, I'm a Pleiadian contactee. You'll know that they are self-identifying as lying because if they were in contact with us, really, they wouldn't use that term. So he said, okay, very clever. Now, a lot of people are very sensitive in ufology and certainly, um, the, a lot of people don't like my bedside manner because when I speak about this, I speak about it as somebody who's known Billy Meyer for 20 years, who's visited and documented and investigated 20 times in Switzerland, my own expense. I do all my work voluntarily. They don't pay me. I don't pay them so that we can keep it because I can say I when I, I have a contract and to that effect, I'm in the third of seven years. Basically, I'm free to say, I don't know. I don't agree. I'm not sure. And, and also speak forward, this is what, according to the information in the case. So I can say, as I said to Meyer when I made this agreement, I will publish your information exactly as you put it out, as long as I reserve the right to say, well, I don't know, or I disagree. And those things have come up in the past. They got resolved when I understood further. But this is important. People have to understand that while they get sensitive, if I or anybody else calls them out and says, wait a minute, 
you're not meeting you're you're coming forward joe blow to say you're a contactee and you're doing this and you're publishing that i'm sorry i don't buy it if you have evidence i will look at it and so will other people and it doesn't matter to me it's no skin off of my bones if there's a million contactees and blah 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 i simply want to know what it is what's the reason for this what can we learn from what is this for it's a, it's an unimaginable labor of love for a man with one hand who types everything out in german with cap locks all over the place and he's it's people have no idea they think here's a guy sitting somewhere uh, with 52 rolls royces or something like you know rajneesh did this is a man who knows how to work the land who had, he just knows useful information he built with one hand basically renovated that entire farmhouse built the sidewalks and retaining walls while he worked as a night watchman raising three children and at that time still being married this man it's so it's it's so beyond the pale when people throw these things out because they read skeptical attacks so yeah, he this okay so in switzerland there yeah. is a I mean, it looks like they're, what is it called? The, the feet, uh, yeah, feed you. It's like, it's like his, and I don't know what that stands for. Cause it's in German. Right. But it's basically, um, I guess you can, it, it, it kind of looked like I got the impression that you could go stay there and maybe chill with them and try to see UFOs yourself. Or what's the deal with that? Ah, uh, yeah, you saw the film, so you saw him out in front of the big, yeah. that, that was an old rundown farmhouse that he, managed to get uh, in the mid to late 70s. He rent, as I say, he did all of the renovation or something like 85 to 90% himself with one hand, putting in electricity, floors, running water, okay. Now he and his family live there. That includes his life partner, their handicapped daughter. She's, I think about 24 right now. That's a whole other story. People don't even understand what this man deals with. And, um, a few of the people who have been helping him for at least 30 years. There's a woman there named Bernadette who does typing and transcribing. There's a guy named Jacobus, who I call Diesel because he's one of the main people that work. You know, people go there looking for models and they open up, they, they instead they get saws and hoes and, you know, cranky things and, and tractors because these people live in a nice, kind of rugged rural environment and that's how they live they don't sit around you know building ufo models and it's funny stuff okay so you can go there with with advanced reservation to come and visit there they will sit down they'll show you all the books they'll show you photographs they'll explain what they can some people you know just come for that on a certain time if you want a book or something yes you can buy the book by the way they are non-profit they are true swiss non-profit and I've seen the books. So it's like, okay, no, he's not a millionaire. But the last part of that, they don't have people generally coming to stay on that property. It's actually prohibited with the exception of some people who can come if they tent on the land. They cannot stay in the facility and all that. But once a year, up until we had last year, the restrictions with travel, they hold a yearly meeting for all the people internationally that want to participate more directly and support this work. They come together 
they spend three days working with each other literally on the land. And I have I did that up until I couldn't do it anymore. Like when I hit like I think 72 or something, I stopped doing it because you know it's like yeah, working in the forests and graveling roads and I loved it because I was learning to do things that I didn't learn. And I examined their property, you know, how they build things, because this is, it was fascinating to me. They're so, the Swiss are very precise. They, they're very good with the manufacturing of, you know, things they build their houses to last, good stuff. So everybody else that comes, even the people that come that once a year when it was still possible, they stay at bed and breakfasts or other places, hotels, and they come they work together because in that way, people who share the interest in this material and very, you know what, there's very little talk about UFOs, except for the people that when they're there, some people are seeing the craft and photographing, whatever. So, so they yeah. still regularly see crap at that place. Um, to certain degree, Billy has very regular visits and meetings now, especially centered around the COVID information but they don't have to, their ships don't have to be seen for them to be there. You know, even our military knows that there's technology for screening. Well, and there's even video that uh, you show in that documentary that um, they come in and out of visibility. Yeah, they can do that too. So do you think that there is maybe a portal in that area like this? Okay, like where, where do you think these play, uh, play are? Play are. <laughs> are where do you think that they reside normally are they here always or or do they come and go like lights travel like are they coming in and out of time and out of dimensions where do they stay on a normal basis okay they have their own lives and this is something that people who claim all this contact with the extraterrestrials i'm just saying you have to remember if this is so and these are people they have their own lives they do and they have their own missions if you will with different worlds but they live in a star system in the direction of Pleiades that we see in the night sky and uh, the Pleiars or whatever they call it in their, their language. And it's about 500 light years from here or, or something like, I think it's 80 light years beyond the Pleiades and the night sky. They live on a world, they, are, they have other civilizations or uh, races that they are involved in in different levels of interaction in a federation of people. There's at least 3.2 billion other extraterrestrials, including these people who on our behalf do a peace meditation. We also, people who know about it participate on earth. They're doing a peace meditation on our behalf and they've been doing it, I think since the late eighties because of how screwed up we are here. So they live there, however, Initially, it would take them about seven hours to get here for 500 light years, still pretty swift. They got it down to seven minutes. Then they developed instantaneous transmission to get here. They can still, if they choose to use a craft or bring people with, but they have a, a kind of, if this is true, and I cannot prove it, they can open in a specific place, a portal, between these two worlds and literally move through or Meyer can go through that portal on those occasions to be with them. I do remember a very interesting thing that I was there, this is about eight years ago. I was asking Billy about the play and uh, something about being with them. And he, he said it in the, the, just kind of the sweetest way if I say it, it's like he said, you know, it's different, they're truly loving people. You just kind of put that there, just no frills, no guru, nothing stuff, you know, just like they're 
they're really loving people. And I said, well, Billy, what's it, you know, what's it like? And he says, it's very hard to, to go or to be with them and come back here. I said, well, you know, could you be with your family and the people here in the same way? He says, no, that would be very dangerous for me. Meaning that he learned from a very young age, meditational, really, really deep meditational things to adjust his vibrations and frequencies to be compatible with people who are not aggressive. All of us are, you know, we, we're, we've got this stuff. They don't. They, it's like they can defend themselves if they need to, but they don't come loaded for bear. So he did say, of course, the strangest thing for me still is when somebody is with me and they disappear in front of my eyes <laughs> because there were two, shortly before I met with him, two of the women from, this, from that group, allegedly, were with him in the office and he said, I have another meeting. They said, well, we're going to go and look around the grounds and go look at the birds and the plants and all. And he said, well, okay, don't be. And they said, well, you know, we will not be visible. No one will see us. He said, okay. And he said, well, then they, they disappear. And he says, I've never been able to get used to somebody disappearing right in front of me. He's just such a natural human being. I mean, he is such a natural person. It's completely disarming because you expect something else, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, okay. So if they, uh, like, that makes me wonder about like, how do they, how do they manipulate the time thing? Like, cause there is actually a story that you talk about how he talks about how at one point in the future, San Francisco is going to have like a huge earthquake and a huge tsunami and um, th that he was able to go with them on ships somehow into the future take pictures actual photographs with of the of the way that the buildings looked and then yep. that and, then, and pictures of cars that the the rear view mirror or the the side view mirrors are gone and then like the glass covers a large part of it and mm -hmm. then come back and present these photos as if like this is from the future so like what's the mechanics of all that like, well that? suffice it to say you're not speaking with somebody who's a time travel engineer um I do have a book out called Future Self that was based on an experience of mine in 1972. And it's a very interesting little booklet teaches you how to use certain things, but let's address this. So let me just again say, I cannot explain time travel for you. I've read stuff from them about it and how they can go to the time and the place through manipulating their technologies that allow them to do that. And there are certain things. Now, I did have a presentation in Los Angeles some years ago at the Biltmore Hotel where an uh, astronautical engineer named David Froning, who had been also in defense industry, McDonnell uh, Douglas and all that, came and I invited him to my stage. I said, would you speak to these people? There were like 450 of the corporate clients of the, of the Biltmore Hotel. And they asked him a lot of stuff. And he said, okay, let me just tell you. I work with a small group of scientists. We believe we've made breakthroughs in our understanding of zero point energy and above light speed travel from Billy Meyer's information and from watching you know, his videos and films and things. Yeah. Uh, we using very complex calculation formulas that we as scientists have come up with, we arrived at certain figures and it turns out they're within 20% of what this man in Switzerland published decades ago. So if he's hoaxing this, he's being advised by some very knowledgeable people. Thank you very much, no questions. So yeah. 
let's go to your, if I may, on the time travel thing to San Francisco, if you want. Sure. Okay. In 1978 or so, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Wendell Stevens, the late Lieutenant Colonel Wendell Stevens uh, from the U.S. Air Force, who had been in the Air Force in 47, 1947, they'd already tasked him with investigating UFOs. And there's something maybe we'll get to if you want to in this conversation of photographs that he took that I discovered in October of last year, but let's stick on this for a minute. He brought two people with him, Lee and Britt Elders. They were very high level telecommunication, counter espionage, high level security people, private investigators working for Fortune 500 companies, lifelong friends of Wendell's. He says, I'm going to Switzerland on this UFO case. They say, Wendell, we're coming with you because you might be taken for a ride and it won't be a UFO. So they went with them. They were the skeptics. And they're sitting around one day, I think it's 78, the kitchen table where everybody meets, you know, in Billy's kitchen table. They're there, uh, the, the three of them, Billy Meyer, several of the Swiss people. And somebody says something about the um, San Francisco earthquake. Uh, no, Billy says something about it. And they say to him, well, you, you're talking about the earthquake in America from 1906. He says, no, 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 the one that's coming. <laughs> and they go, what are you talking about? So leaves the room, comes back with one of those little Kodak envelopes, takes out 11 photos, puts them on the table. And now these are all trained investigators. Lee and Wendell have intelligence backgrounds. Uh, these are not the, the new crop of everybody. I'm a UFO investigator. These are the people who had some cachet here. So they're passing the photos around to each other to try and figure out. And Billy says, I am not allowed to tell you the date. So don't ask me. Uh, they figure. So that as per what you saw in, in our film, they look and they see, okay, this, this is not these are not paintings. They're not photographs of paintings. That's San Francisco. I know the city. This is this building. That's the Transamerica building. These things are in chaos, smoke, fire. How do we figure this out? And that's when Wendell, I think, was the one who said, well, we noticed that the cars didn't have the side view mirrors. The glass in many of them extends into the roof line. They're rounder in shape, not like 1978 boats with the fins and everything. And, you know, he's saying, um, this is, this is, <laughs> we can't explain this. These are photographs. And so after, after all that, um, Billy takes back the photos and then he got chewed out later, supposedly by the player and he said, you were not allowed, to, you should not have shown those photos. It wasn't time for that yet. And they took him back and he doesn't have them. But these people saw him, they described how would Wendell Stevens in 1978 be describing cars that only in the past few years have been in development by Toyota and Tesla and Mercedes and all the rest of them? We're not, we have the camera technology, those cameras that will be the little tiny things that will replace the uh, side view mirrors are going to show up inside at the corners of the windscreen. The Japanese companies already have those ready to go when they're approved. Wendell Stevens is describing that over 40 years ago. Some clever hoax. You got a one-armed Swiss guy living in the middle of nowhere who comes out <laughs> with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting though, because it's it's one of those things where it's like the nature of prophecy in itself is something that 
I don't know if we're just like, we don't care. Like we don't want to know our future. We don't really want to know what's coming or that like the future is plastic and that like there's ways in which it could change based on, you know, like, uh, I, I, but I don't know if it is or isn't. I mean, it looks like some of these, uh, geological things like you talked about another volcano going off in the canary islands or something and yeah yeah and there's yeah yeah and about basically that causing giant tsunami that would take out like new york city or like the atlantic coast um so basically based on billy meyer stuff in the future the coastlines aren't where you're going to want to live either way so. It's already a little tricky, but sometime yet probably remains. But you hit on something very important. Don't don't let me forget. You address things about prophecy, the future, and all. So let me give you a simplified explanation based on my understanding, because a lot of this, when people say prophecy, you know, suddenly they're thinking about some guy on a street corner and waving his hands. Prophecies and predictions. Both of those, although they're different now, explain the difference as they describe it. Prophecies and predictions always are in accordance, as is everything in life, with the immutable law of cause and effect. And remember, we spoke before about thoughts, mm -hmm. learning to think, because all thoughts lead to feelings, lead to thoughts, lead to actions, or deliberate inactions. Everything, everything in life. Cause, effect, cause, effect. The problem is we're in a world where everybody's thinking unconsciously, acting unconsciously, and creating chaos to a large degree. So because Meyer and these people who are, have learned after paying their own drastic price in their worlds long ago for not living in a proper way, they've learned to think and to be cautious and responsible. Now, we go to prophecy. Prophecy foretells something that will occur if things are not changed in the here and now and very near future. If we do not make a course correction, this will then fulfill, and you could call it a prediction because predictions are 100% ironclad, will fulfill with certainty predictions usually apply to, let's say, cosmic events, something coming through the sky this way, or an event like the eruption of a certain volcano over here, or something that uh, isn't being directly or uh, even strongly indirectly affected by human beings. So in going back in time, if you will, to looking at the previous prophets in this lineage, they were all contactees, if you will, of the play iron, and they derived their prophecies through certain abilities that they had, either through the ability of you know, far sight, clairvoyance, clairaudience, or they also were taken forward in time by these people to show them certain very specific events. And that could be why the Henoch prophecies in the Meyer material are so astoundingly, scarily accurate. And one new one just was fulfilling the other day again, further. And that is the movements of the Russians uh, now with the Arctic. There's a whole thing, we have it on the blogs, where they have now created a strong military presence in the Arctic. That is in the Hanak prophecies from 1987. It's been on my websites since 2002. Just so people know. I. I don't, 
I don't know how much you want me to explain about all this, but I, before I go into that, if I do that one, I'll say some of the most important time travel related predictions are now being released in the Meyer material because they pertain to Billy Myers being as a young person brought forward, as well as some back, back in time, but brought forward to see the events that would unfold in this world. Remember, Billy Meyer, 1951, as a 14-year-old boy, is the first person that I found who specifically and in detail predicts unnatural man-made climate change, global warming, disruption to the ozone, upheaval of volcanoes. 14 years old, and he got help publishing from his school teachers, one or two of whom knew that he was in touch with this man. They couldn't, one of them, I think, got to meet him, but the other didn't. But this is what, 1951, in 48, this information, he's brought forward to see the COVID-19 pandemic. And just yesterday, we put out yet another of over a hundred articles on it. This is the most censored information. Nobody will know unless they're coming to our blog or some other, you know, Billy Meyer related blog maybe, how they have warned every step of the way we published information. The most important points, February 25th, 2020, there were 57 cases in the country. I started, you know, publishing it March 5th, five cases in Arizona. I'm sending it throughout the state. The newspapers here have blocked it. The TV and radio stations have blocked it. The politicians have blocked it. Now we're closing in on 900,000 cases and over 16 and a half thousand deaths. And I sit here like others who are trying to help. We're trying to tell people, will you please look at this, all of this, all of the warnings as early that that goes back to my question about like what's yeah. what do you think the deal is with um human beings and prophecy in general well i'll try and answer and if i'm not answering according to what you're asking stop me human beings if we were at a stage already in our development let alone going the previous thousands of years that prophets have appeared to warn if we were thinking clearly, if we were thinkers who thought clearly and understood consequences and all, we probably wouldn't need these people to appear to warn us. And it's an act of love for somebody to say, look, you're so on the wrong track. And for a man to come forward, as they have for 13,000 years, the prophets that are in this lineage, to try to bring these warnings, it's always not well received. People don't want to be taught, truly. They don't want to be, they feel like, don't tell me what to do kind of a thing. So the prophets come forward and say, look, if you continue here, these events, you're in a round ball here and everything's interrelated and these events are going to occur. And we're not warning you about good things because you don't need to be warned mm -hmm. about good things. You need to be warned about your, the, your misdirection. And in things like predictions, like you mentioned, the uh, Cumbre Vieja volcano in the Canary Islands. Well, they're warning about that because that's a prediction that's going to fulfill. They won't tell us when any more than they're giving us 
the precise date. They gave us the two accurate dates on Apophis, asteroid Apophis, which now NASA says, oh, there's nothing to worry about for a hundred years. This could be just a comment. Is that what that is? Uh, is that a Asteroid uh, uh, Apophis. Asteroid. In 1981, Billy Meyer, we, I, I paid to have this illustrated in comic book form for people to read and grasp. He is told by these people, they say to him, we're going to refer to something that we call the red meteor. It's an object coming from the depths of space towards Earth. It will have two dates that it will approach the Earth. April 13th, 2029 and April 13th, 2036. If it doesn't hit on the 29th, it will hit on 2036. We are not, they said to Meyer, we are not allowed to interfere with this. We are only allowed to do what we're doing right now to give you the information, including how we recommend the scientists of Earth deal with and deflect this asteroid. They will call it an asteroid in the future. This is the size of it. They give them all this information. So naturally I, I'm sending this out. I send NASA, all this stuff. 2004, NASA discovers it. Give me a break. And they say, right, nothing to worry about here. And they give the size of it. Several years later, NASA changes the size to within 25 meters of what Meyer published. And then after a few years, we've been publishing deflected this way. The Russians come out calling for a joint international effort to deflect it. NASA now most recently says, nothing to worry about here. So this is the mentality that is the American mentality, I'm sorry. Dismiss things that come from other people, diminish, and then create your own threat assessment about them imaginary aliens. So um, there are many things predicted. There, the thing on the West Coast. Okay, well, since Meyer published the information about Cumbria Vieja, indeed, scientists have discovered, oh, that, that thing could go off. And if it does, that could affect the East Coast. Well, bravo. But he had already in 2005 as well, uh, published a prediction from the Playarns stating, the Cascadia subduction zone in the northwest of the, uh, off the northwest part of the US is going to slip at a certain point, it will generate an earthquake that will run at 9.0 for five straight minutes. If, if you've ever been in a seven point, I've been in seven point earthquakes, 9.0, five minutes, mm -hmm. you're like scrambled eggs by the time that's done. So he says, that will generate a massive tsunami sweeping into the Portland and other parts of that area, followed by another quake and another tsunami. If the people don't prepare for this, you're gonna have massive, massive loss of life. Three years later, 2008, OSU, Oregon State University, comes out with a new prediction. We're predicting that there could be a 9.0 earthquake in the Cascadia subduction zone. It could run up for five minutes. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, will somebody give these people a clue? But you see, this is the thing, and this is why I get frustrated. This is why I, I have no respect for 
ufology and the UFO community because I've sent all, all of this information, not only to NASA, not only to SETI, I've sent it to every so-called UFO expert and investigator all over UFO Twitter. None of them want to respond. Even when I discovered, I mentioned you, I discovered five never before seen friggin' amazing UFO photos from Billy Meyer. Well, Billy didn't take them. He was in the craft. Wendell Stevens, the investigator, took them. It was a time travel thing. It's, it's massive. Okay, I'll tell you what it is. So last year, I got a call from one of my friends in Switzerland who's works with Billy. Would you be willing to drive to Moab, Utah to go through a bunch of boxes in a warehouse? We think there might be something of value. We don't know. It's Wendell's old archives, what's left of them. I said, yeah, that's okay. I'll do that. So I drove off to Moab, Utah last October, 24 boxes of Wendell's archives, two days in a dusty room here, going through this stuff. Nothing, I come, I've seen this, this is useless. But the last day, the last box marked 24. I go to it, I swear, why didn't I look here first? I open, I look down. Now you have to know that in the, the Meyer case, there's a photograph, I wanna see if I have it on a book here or not. Um, okay, I'm gonna try and get this so that you can see it without too much glare. Can you see this photo? Yep. The, and there's multiple there's two there's a the ufo mm -hmm. and up here in the corner i'm going to try to do this so this green screen oh yeah that's a plane okay yeah correct okay so what that is that's a mirage from the swiss air force i think that was from 76 when billy was having a contact and taking photos you know the swiss end up a mirage and that's not a problem for them because they can move forward and back and up and down. And the plane can just go. So he takes photos. And so I'm looking in October, I'm looking in the box. That's ah, a UFO on a plane. Must be more of those Mirage photos. It's just, you know, I didn't know what I'm looking at. I pull them out. There's five of them. And wow, that's really cool. Ooh. So the guy that's got the archives there says, oh, yeah, give them to you for practically nothing. You've come all this way. So I get them and, you know, I, I make some photocopies and I send them off to Billy. And I said, uh, it looks like the Mirage thing. And a few days later, he said, no, no, that's not the Mirage thing at all. I said, well, what is it? They said, here's the story. <laughs> Wendell Stevens didn't meet Billy for the first time in 1977 and then come back in 78. He met Billy in 1969. Nobody was to know about it. Billy was, uh, Wendell had been taken on board with Billy. He met one of the, one or more of the play iron or possibly one of the other races. They were both females that he, he met. In 1969, they knew that there was going to be, I think the F-117, something like that. Uh, stealth fighter mm. and they were going to be doing tests of the top secret stealth fighter they took Wendell from 69 to 81 when this would be tested he had a camera pre-digital he took the five photographs where the stealth is coming in approaching coming into towards and flying away from the UFO clear as day I offered these all over Twitter, all over Facebook. 
UFO investigators, you're all babbling about lights in the sky. Here, really clear stuff. There's the F-117, if, if I got it right, 117, 115, whatever. Right. And ask its craft above, I think it's Groom Lake, because they were at the Groom Lake area. There it is, five photos. Hello, anybody home? They don't want to know. They don't want it. Why? And this is where people don't like me for saying it, but I'd love to be proved wrong. What happens if Richard Dolan and uh, B.J. Benias and uh, Mick Pope and Tom DeLong and all these people, Tom DeLong uses Myers photos without attribution, by the way, but what happens if they have to say, wow, Billy Meyer, the real deal. It means they're done. Who needs their lights in the sky? Well, there's Rendlesham. And what do you have? Well, we have the stories from the Roswell. And we have stories. A lot of these things, they could be real. I'm not, Roswell was real. They weren't ETs, they were androids. And Billy, they talk about it in the Meyer case. That was real. Oh, okay, so let me, let me ask you that about, okay, what do you think about other races besides the Plajaran on the planet? Like, what, is, what does he have to say about that? Like, because... You know, from my mind's eye, you know, sometimes I battle with this whole internal story about myself about or within myself about how, you know, sometimes like don't blame, like, don't go conspiratorial slash like blame it on evil when a lot of things can be excused with just idiocy. But at the same time, like I, I, I think to myself, like that there's it it does seem like there's got to be warring factions like there does definitely seem like there is something corporal or, or something it seems like there's something in the long game for keeping us suppressed in a way like besides just the fact that we're idiots like as in general like i wonder if like sometimes i wonder if we also have more than one et race that uh, maybe doesn't have our best interest in and how do you feel about that okay i'm gonna give you the uh, my understanding of what has been said in the Meyer case about that. Okay. And, and I'll try to cover all the things you asked. First of all, according to the information in this case, there are four groups that are involved in observing our world and they've been here a very long time. They, they don't contact anybody and they don't abduct people. They observe. They may or may not be wonderful people, but they observe. We're told that three of those groups are one faction of an extraterrestrial race that has uh, divides itself into three groups who observe different areas of our world are observing there's other craft occasionally but not all that frequently are seen sometimes the triangular craft may belong to them the fourth group we are told appear to be future earth time travelers observing again not interacting or interfering. That's kind now, of like uh, Corey Good's Anchar story. Well, Corey Good is self-admittedly, he's a walking mind control experiment. And yeah, I mean, see, none of these people can put one photo. I'm sitting here you know, with Billy Myers photos here and I've got more of them, I can flash them all day. They don't have anything, nothing. And that's why, you know, like you said, we're stupid here. People follow this kind of nonsense where people make claims and cannot substantiate them. As we, you and I both say, we've had personal experiences. Those are our experiences, but we're not running out there to try to claim to be, okay. So there is 
a race that has existed underground in this world are not reptilians. They are a formerly extraterrestrial race that could be, uh, I'm speculating here, I'm not saying it's in the Meyer material because I'm not sure that they tried to tell us, they could be the ancestors of the people who did formerly live on Atlantis or Mu, or they could be the ancestors of those who appeared in India long ago. I'm talking about the spaceships and Mahabharata and all that. Um, Billy Meyer has seen two people, at least on one occasion, who met with a monk at the monastery in, uh, in India where he was studying Buddhism to meet, not with Meyer, but to meet with the head monk and they were lightly tinged, light blue tinged to the skin. They were human beings. And after they had had their meeting, he said, Billy said, they, they just disappeared too. They have craft. They can leave and come and survey things and go back in. Sometimes their craft might be seen. The universe is filled, not our solar system, not our part of the, the Milky Way. The universe itself is filled with human life. It's ubiquitous throughout the creation. Uh, when all this, there, there are countless numbers of races, may, hundreds of skin colors, believe it or not. So, uh, you know, people who are prejudiced won't know where to start. There, they have people who are giants, some of whom have been on the earth in the past. There have been giants here. Uh, and there are very, they're very small beings. Um, there are beings that may have, for instance, we have photographs uh, I, I don't remember if we put them in the seven-fingered handprints on the car. Uh, I was there filming with my partner when, when he, Billy was showing those handprints. They are from a race that the Playaren are friendly with who sometimes come and observe at the center. Uh, but all of this stuff about evil Dracos and reptilians and greys, disinformation, disinformation, disinformation. Nobody has one scale of a you know, reptilian to present, but how many people? You, ufology is probably a billion dollar business. This is big bucks to people to, to churn this stuff out and to hold all these events where nobody has evidence, but they talk about if they would have had evidence. And it bothers me personally because the UFO part, fascinating, can't do anything with it. None of us can, really. Right. People who are looking at developing alternative craft, they can look at the phenomenon. They can, they'll get there, but it's, it's a long ways from now. The prophecies and predictions, we can learn from that. We can learn. And see, when I say prophetically accurate, not all of it is for the stuff that, like in the Henoch prophecy that foretells the Russians moving their troops to Arkhangelsk, which they did nine years after that was on my blog, it, or that the United States of America will, in the coming time, will have two terrible civil wars, one following upon the other, and it cannot be helped that various dictatorial sectarian rule will occur in these. That's from Hanark, all that stuff. Now, Hanark, you've mentioned that a couple of times. Like, I don't, I don't understand what, what, what is that? Sure. Have you ever heard of the, the prophet Enoch? From the Bible, that was Henoch. Uh, the, the German version or the original for him was Henoch, H-E-N-O-C-H. There's also an H-E-N-O-K. Okay, Henoch. He was uh, came as an extraterrestrial to Earth thirteen thousand five hundred years ago, and he 
die, when you die on a planet, you reincarnate on that planet. Now, if you have access, you know, this is a whole bunch of other stuff that's spoken of that explains how reincarnation actually does work, what it is, what it isn't. Okay. So Henoch was a prophet then because he was, he was with an extraterrestrial mission here. He had very advanced technologies and stuff. And he published, uh, gave forth what are called now the Henoch prophecies, so many of which have already come true and we're sitting here fulfilling them on a daily basis. And the danger here is that we do fulfill these and they become predictions because that means that our country, the USA, will be not only torn apart by civil war, people, people were laughing. I laughed when I first read that because it was first published in 81, not in 87, but there was an 81 version, then the 87. I read the 81 version in 86 and I laughed. I said to my friend, what's this guy on? Civil war in America? What are you talking about? Can't happen. I'm not laughing. It, I don't I don't think it's, a, I mean, like when I was 25, I had this dream that we broke up into five different, like you we weren't, you know? And I, and I called my cousin who's like a political scientist and I was like, hey, I just had a dream <laughs> that, um, yeah, well, America doesn't say America. We like break up into five different things. And like, I drew a little picture of like where, like the regions were gonna be. And she mm -hmm. was like, well, when's it supposed to happen? And I was like, I don't know, in the right. 2030s, like it won't be, it will, it will, we won't die in one country like that we were born in. And I gotta go back to sleep, goodbye. Yeah, and then like, I forgot about that, completely forgot about that. And then I think like last year or the two, my cousin was like, you know, I think about that thing you told me a lot. And I'm like, which thing? And she's like, the whole, the thing about the country breaking up. And she's like, I think that that's like not that far off. And I'm like, oh, I don't even remember. And then I was like, oh yeah, I remember that dream. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know if it's what, what there is to it or not, but I, I can buy it now. I'm now I'm starting to go like, meh, I could see that we, we don't stay as we are right now forever. Well, interestingly enough, in 1975 and again in 2012, Meyer was first told in 75 and reminded in 2012 that according to certain things, if, the, if things don't change for the better with the people in America by 2020, after 2020, the United States of America will cease to, as a superpower, cease to exist. It doesn't mean that obviously on January 1st, this is on a decline. And there are certain things that cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter what kind of showboating goes on in Washington or anything else. That fulfillment to me is, it's, it's pretty much a given. The other part in these prophecies, in the Hanak prophecies, the United States of America will be a country of complete destruction. The reasons for this are manifold. And that goes on to explain the policies of this country that have for the longest time tried to put people in bondage to political, military, uh, and economic constraints. And the, the world is going to rebel against that. And that uh, Russia and China, those will be the new superpowers. All this stuff. I mean, this. Well, I mean, like the average, like throughout history, I mean, the average lifespan of most civilizations is about three or 300 is a good age like most most nations don't even last 300 no, so like, 200 or something yeah. yeah so we're already like um even though we could call ourselves a young nation like no i mean like we're doing pretty good in time i mean like it, it you know no nobody like unless you're in egypt nobody even in then there's different like dynasties mm -hmm. you don't last forever expiration dates are given with many things we don't often know what they are in advance now the point of this is at this point 
because I've, you know, I've been speaking about this. I've been presenting on this case since 1987. Any information I got, I would put it out there. Now, the outreach is to people, two forms. Basically, to those who are interested now, the, the younger than, than my generation and all, who are the people who inherit this mess, whatever it's going to turn into, to bring forward information that if they have the desire and the ability to read and question and think, that there are things here for their survival. So they will understand how we got here, what's happening in the now and what's coming and how to survive this and to eventually create something that doesn't operate this way, right? right? So there's so much. The, the, the books that Billy Meyer writes are staggering for their clarity, understandability. Some are very challenging because there's things in here we don't have no idea about even things about our beingness that are part of this ancient teaching the play. I don't know it, Meyer know it. And to discover this stuff by well, if that's true, let's see how I apply that. How What would happen if I do this? It's a study. It's not a belief system. There's no beliefs. There's no religion. There's no cults because that's useless. That has enslaved humankind yeah. for millennia. And that's what we're trying to get out of. So does... Uh, it, okay, so he's 83 years old. So how much... Does he know his own end date? And does he know how much more time he has? And does he know like how many messages there are we going to receive? And are they going to be given to us at certain times? Like that kind of thing or not? Or and then like, you know, well, let's just answer that one first. Sure. Apparently, from what I understand, my heir has known for some time when he dies. Some people speculated about it, trying to figure it out based on certain events. Uh, he's had a He's had a brutal life. I mean, he's had the most amazing experiences of anyone who's ever lived, as far as I can tell. And he's had some of the harshest, hardest things. Look, he's told 10 years before it happens, you're gonna lose your left arm and there's nothing we can do about it. You'll have to live your life and do everything with one hand. And he puts it in the back of his mind until a year before he's on a beach in India, lolling around. He looks and he sees a man with some children. The man has one arm and he says, oh yeah. And he pushes it back in his mind. Then, listen to this. He's in a, on a bus in Turkey, 1965, narrow street. It's hot. They don't have air conditioning. So they open the windows and, you know, people put their arm out the, the bus window. A drunken truck driver comes by, collides in, drags that arm off. In the shock of the accident, you know how buses have seats with those metal things across? Yeah. Meyer is for, as this is happening, he's pushed forward in mouth first into the metal bar. Every tooth in his mouth is driven into his jaw. He's left in a ditch because people think he's dead until somebody hears him moaning and they take him to a hospital in Turkey in 1965 and saw off what remains, you know, of oh. his own. He has to have some kind of dentistry done without anesthesia for every tooth. And this is the lightweight stuff. Yeah. The man has had one thing after another. But here, and I'll just put this out there because I know a little about this incident. A few years back, I hear from one of my friends there, Billy had a bad accident. What else is new? Because this guy has 
falls and he's, you know, phantom limb pain and arthritis and everything, he just keeps going. What happened? Well, he fell on the ground and he has completely messed up his left, no, no, his right shoulder, his good arm side, broken this all up. We took him to Switzerland, to Zurich, to uh, x-ray. They said, well, this is a big mess. And because you also recently had a heart valve replacement, we can't operate on you. It would kill you. They put a band around his arm and around his body to hold it there so it could do whatever healing. So here he is. This is the hand he does all his typing with. He doesn't have a hand on this side. And they send me a photograph of Billy with my friend who coincidentally has one of his arms in a sling. And there's Billy <laughs> smiling away as if nothing was wrong. And he's got this band around. Okay, so we go to Switzerland, 2019, get into the kitchen, haven't seen Billy yet. I'm waiting to see Billy with his band. He walks in the kitchen, goes over, picks up a cup with one hand. I don't see any band, makes himself his cup of coffee, standing up drinking the coffee. And I wait, 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 uh, Billy, your arm. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, all better now. He moves it around, yeah, I got it. I said, Wait a minute. I said, no surgery. No, no, we couldn't do surgery. Stands there. I said, the might of the thoughts, huh? Yes, the might of the thoughts. This is what they teach. So he's standing there and I say, okay, well, wait a minute. So in order to heal this, did you have to know every nerve attachment, all the, no, 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 no. You focus on the improvement in the here and now. It is improved. And he says a few things and he leaves. I'm going, okay, I've got the photo at home. We know this guy was all messed up. And here he is. And he walks his talk. No big fanfare. He probably wouldn't have said anything if I hadn't said, oh, wait, 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 what are you doing here? Well, and that's what I love about this guy. He's just so who he is. He's any, he's far, not a perfect being. Mm -hmm. He, he makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. That's how we learn. But this is a man who took on a mission in life that they told him in the beginning and all through his young years. And as he got, remember, you can back out anytime because this is going to get rough. <laughs> People are going to be trying to kill you. And uh, he says, no, nope, keep going. So I have enormous respect for that. He doesn't care what people say about him. He says, I don't argue because I know what the truth is. I have my experiences and this is the truth. I do this so people make up their own minds. And that's who he is. This guy never doesn't, he's, you know, I've interviewed him any number of times because I asked him to. He doesn't go out and make presentations and interviews. That never really has. He's just, this is what it is. Take it or leave it. And it's a labor of love. He, he doesn't, he doesn't even care. He doesn't hold anything against people. Right. So there's not like some major mass end message he needs to give to people. Like he's just like, whatever's going to happen, going to happen like with how he's going to. Well, there are major messages because there are things that could happen here. If human beings do not course correct. One of the core, the core cause of all this, believe it or not. And this is what will drive other people. The conspiracy pe people, they, they go crazy when you say this. The, the, they and the extraterrestrials have said the human beings of Earth have greatly overpopulated their planet. And they don't understand that this organism, this thing that they're on, has natural cycles. It produces so much of this naturally and that it can dispose of things. But when you 
keep increasing the numbers ceaselessly beyond an optimal level, you create for yourselves strife, conflict, pollution, lack of resources, wars, illnesses, every conceivable thing because you don't allow each other enough space. You're living on top of each other everywhere. You don't allow the earth to replenish itself. And because you're overpopulated, you have to now meet these great demands for food production. You're pouring all these artificial things to make the ground produce because it's exhausted its natural minerals. These things are all ending up in the waters, in the air. Parts of your oceans are dead from the Fukushima thing because you have now using insane technologies which will poison and have been poisoning your world. Your atmosphere, Billy Meyer says, he's 14 years old, we're ozone damage, we don't listen. So this isn't about, on, from their point, no, you don't go and kill off your population. That's not what we're saying. We're saying if you start to live in harmony with the nature of the world and learn from it because it's big part, it's, this is what supports you here. You might think that you've got everything you can do without us. But when these earthquakes start to happen and these uh, five volcanoes in Italy, which is now of course, as predicted, have started to become active, when they gain their greater activity and are erupting, even taking parts of Italy into the sea, when the submarine volcanoes that are around the world that you didn't know about when we told you about, when they become active, when the Eiffel fields in northern Germany turn into a sea of fire, and finally when Yellowstone erupts, you will see that you have imbalanced your world so greatly that it is, it's nothing personal, you violated the laws of nature, the laws of cause and effect, and you want to rule everything, but you don't want to see and learn how everything works to your benefit. So just one more thing about it. we are not ever punished. We don't have a God that is punishing us. The universe is neither for us nor against us. It's made, it has its laws, immutable. Cause and effect is one. There are other laws. And if we learn what the laws are and we live in harmony, we experience abundance and harmony peace and love and freedom and, and harmony with each other. And we make these rapid, uh, you know, progressive, progressive leaps in many ways. We will, human beings of earth, whatever remains of us at some point, will become star travelers. We could have been space travelers 200 years ago, except they burned the library at Alexandria. So this case is about very specific, Things, very specific warnings, very specific promises of what we can reap and get and share and bring in the very far distant future. This is my own take from reading other stuff in here. The human beings of Earth, after learning the most brutal lessons brought upon by ourselves primarily, when we get ourselves to live in truth and harmony with creational law with the universal natural laws and all which hold life this is life everything is a miracle existence is a miracle we go oh, i want to see a miracle isn't it good enough that you're on a little piece of lint floating around and it does the same thing every you know seasons change isn't that good enough no no i need something fancy a miracle so when we learn to live in harmony with this thing that doesn't ever punish us we will be a kick-ass race 
We will have very long lifespans. We will be able to go forth into this universe, which is not 13 billion years old. It's 47 trillion years old already. It's going to go for another 100 trillion years. And we will be those who bring to different worlds the truth, the teaching, love, and, and how to live in harmony. Because human, human life has these different evolutionary stages. Some destroy themselves. Some survive themselves. We're on a bad path that if we take the hints and we survive ourselves, there's a great bounty that is unimaginable for us. We get to see the stars, if you will. We get to know the secrets of creation, the mystery of the universe. This isn't about some a, a guru in Switzerland or you know Nordic ETs, people model after the play iron and they make up, oh, there's some tall whites. Really, do you have any have any evidence for that? Well, and then there was the thing in the tunnel beneath at Dulcie. Oh, so we have uh, little extraterrestrials walking around Area 51, Dulcie. They carry their cafeteria trays and then they get mad and they start fighting them. Ugh, sci-fi. <laughs> Can we deal with some reality here? You want reality stuff? You know, it's like you mentioned, uh, you know, the film that you saw, Silent Revolution of Truth. I, I give that film away to your listeners. All they have to do is send me an email mention your name, mention the show, mention something. So I know that I can free, the world free, Nikki, right. Nikki free. Yeah, whatever. And then I send them the silent revolution of truth for free. And I don't put them on a mailing list. And I don't sell their names, but then they could, that, you know, that we filmed that in 2006 and seven, put it out in 2008. That's how old that film is. And I say it's arguably the best UFO film because it's a real UFO contactee. You see real films, real photos, metal samples, witnesses, all this stuff. And then I put out, uh, and did they listen in 2014 where I said, civil war coming to America, breakup of the country, stuff starts around 2020 and other stuff from Meyer. I described the thing I saw when I was living in Brazil. But that's why this isn't about somebody else. It isn't about Billy, it isn't about the player. We're, if we knew that we were living in a universe teeming with life and somebody cares enough to try to go, folks, you're, you're going, there's a big hedge, you folks, you're running towards it. Could we get your attention? They can't come down. There's no contacts coming. They're done with that. Right. Uh, other than no with Meyer. Disclosure because it's going to happen. It, if people want disclosure, this is it. If not, keep on chasing stories and lights in the sky and all. We have a petition coming out soon to SETI. SETI knows this is real. They keep suppressing it. I've had interaction with two people at SETI, including the CEO, who says to me, we're on the same team. We have the same objectives. I said, well, will you please release this? Oh, we don't do that. I mean, it drives us nuts because instead we're going to get Christopher Mellon and, and Lou Elizondo and all the people with the crazy fake ET stuff. Well, what about the metal thing that he got? The metal piece? Yeah. Like, where, where is that now? Okay. Billy got metal samples, just so people know, given to him by the play iron for the express purpose also that he would give some to the investigative team who would give some to Marcel Vogel, a scientist at IBM. Now, of course, people want to attack Marcel Vogel, who did a video analysis and he describes why this is so unique and he can't make it at IBM. So they want to attack him. Okay. This like is... the Vogel crystal Vogel? Like... Yeah. yeah. He was a very 
he was 10 or 12 years old, he was synthesizing the chemicals that make bioluminescence in fireflies. I'm playing with a ball, bouncing it on a wall. He's right. creating firefly luminescence. Okay, so what we have to understand is that they're not going to give us everything, but, and there were issues with that because those samples then disappeared from a locked vault. What happened? Oh, he never had them, you know, so because we have to think. And just like with the sound recordings, my gosh, those are still existing. People could analyze, they were analyzed. They can't, they couldn't be duplicated with synthesizers. Maybe they can now, but go back 40 years. So the metals, Marcel Vogel, patent guy was a holder of, or co-holder of 32 patents. But of course, all the online skeptics are like, well, he was into crystals. He was into, so you have a radio, there's a crystal in there. He wanted to experiment with things. And so he did, he didn't limit himself you know, because he wasn't living in this digital nonsense reality. He was living in the reality of being a scientist. So he says, with any technology available to me, I cannot do this. And we should consider that this was either done in, uh, you know, in the vacuum of outer space or cold fusion. I don't have either. Okay. Billy still has a number of those things. So a lot of people know, oh, get Billy to have the, them analyzed again, analyze again. I said, look, I wouldn't bother him. Well, why not? I said, I'll tell you why. Because today you could have a scientist who says, does the same thing. You could even look deeper. Yes, there are these amazing laser cuttings. Yes, every element in the periodic table is there. Yes, it's crystal and it's metal at the same time. Well, does that mean that was made by extraterrestrials? I can't say that. I have no way of proving it. And that would be a logical statement that a scientist would make because he has no proof of extraterrestrials. So Billy, they did it. You can read the stuff. You can see the video. You can... And then that was all done. So the controversy about UFOs would occur. And so we would start to think and, and wonder, well, what's this about? What's the reason? And remember the very beginning here, I said, well, I think the reason is our future survival. And there's plenty of evidence for that. When you read what they're, he had, I went to a guy who works on the Rover on the Mars missions. He's up at the USGS. I brought him three pages of Meyer's information that Meyer published before NASA ever discovered it about Mars. The guy said, uh, could he be a good guesser? I said, Ken, I think it's a little beyond a good guesser. He's describing what's in the canals on Mars, what it's composed of, water on Mars, where it is, how much, which direction flows up before we even knew there was water on Mars. This man was taken there. He was shown this stuff. He uh, published that the, uh, before it was ever invented, he says there will be something they told him in 20 something or other, they will uh, create something called the Mars Observer, whatever. It's exactly what they created. It's exactly what they named it. What do we need here for people to stop chasing lights in the sky, folks? You can't do anything with that. Well, I'm a UAP observer and extra investigator. Forget it. Do you want to survive? Do you want to learn what you're here for? Somebody did it. So there's a man, he's a contactee, so it's not you. Can you get over that? Do you want to learn? If you've ever gone to a university class and taken it, you get a professor up there who knows a lot more than you about anything you're interested in. Are you not going to learn from him because you aren't standing up there at the podium? So from any angle that I look at it, I really just want people to, I asked Billy 10 years ago, I remember, because I'm out there and I'm coming back and forth to Switzerland. I said, Billy, what, what, could I, what more can I tell people? He says, it was so perfect. He said, 
just ask them to be reasonable. People need to just become reasonable. I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll see how far I get with that. You know, I put out a film, I think it was 2013, called As the Time Fulfills. And in there, we have the information about the Russians and their uh, moving, they're going to attack Scandinavia at a certain point. Well, they just, a couple of days ago, the military base up there, the Arctic Circle, but also they're going to use their position up there to vie for the rights, the mineral rights. And I asked Billy about that. There's, this is so, he's got, he knows this stuff before we know. He said, well, uh, at the, because there was something about the Arctic. It was in the news. And I asked him, he says, well, what you need to know is it may not have happened yet, but the Russians, the Chinese, the Americans and the Canadians are going to be contending for those rights. And that's also eventually at the Antarctic, but this is gonna cause problems because people, there's going to be hostilities. That's 2011 when I'm sitting with him, he's telling me that this stuff is stuck. It's happening now. There's a prophecy in the Hanak prophecies about the attack against the United States of America that comes through Alaska by the Russians in also draws Canada into this war for certain reasons. And I'm going, Canada? Ah. Then I noticed that an article pops up in the news a few years ago. Canada makes a pact, an agreement with the Eastern European state of Georgia, which is antagonistic with Russia. So Canada decided to create a pact with, you might say, perhaps an enemy of Russia. So why might Canada get dragged into a war if and when Russia attacks? See, what we're talking about now, which you know, could sound crazy to people, we're not talking about Nordics and Greys and Dracos. We're talking about our world our and that we being warned by people who have the ability to do it and care to do it are not gonna settle, they're not coming down to have tea with us. They have their, actually have their own lives. They do, th they live on planets and they do stuff, but they do these off-world things because they can. And because 52,000 years ago when they were in crazy chaos, being the descendants of space traveling, crazy warriors, Star Wars on steroids, super tech, lunatic ETs themselves, they settled down when other more advanced beings came to them with, you can use this word, spiritual teaching. You, pe you people are nuts. Let's settle this down. And, and they decided to take a hint. So they have a self-obligated mission because in some cases, going back thousands of years, some of their, the current day play are in forefathers with some of the gods that created these crazy ass religions that have people killing each other on earth since then. They'd like us to get a clue about how off that is and maybe start to live in peace and love and freedom and harmony. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, did, I did read that in his stuff uh, and that makes some sense. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. You know, it's, it's like, uh, like, I mean, you can, you, yeah, and it, it, I That's just right. think with everything, you know, I, I look at all information and I decide, okay, like, let's see how we go with this. And I, I don't know. I don't know if you can, um, 
you can do any more than you're doing. Seems like you're, you definitely have a uh, passion for this stuff. That is like, he's very lucky to have you as a, um, you know, I'm lucky to have that to get excited about. Yeah, I'm lucky. It's true. That is a cool. Of that. It's like this photo behind me. This is one of at least two photos we have where Billy is in a ship and he, let's see if I can get out of the way. There's, there's right. one of the. So he's there's... taking a picture of two other things from yeah. it. That's a nighttime photo. And then he, I, I could get out of the way for this, maybe, because there are, oh gosh, me in the screen, huh? All right. So there's one right below him there, down there, and one up in the sky. He's above Switzerland. Do you think any of these people that are babbling about being contactees and going on time travel and nope. nothing? So but the thing is, is like, it's like, don't throw the baby out the bathwater because I don't think all contactees are full of shit. Like, I also just think that it's one of those things where, like, those are your audience members who are probably way more likely to like give credence to something than, like, I mean, okay, I was seeing a UAP at one point. And I've said this before on my channel. And I, it was like at one in the morning and I was yelling at my friend to come bring me my iPhone so I could take pictures of it. She gets out there and she's like, here. And I'm like, I'm like, look at, look at, there's like a UFO. There's a UFO up there. Look, 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 look. And she's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, one second. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, I'm like, you know, trying to film it or whatever. And the pictures come out like crap. But anyway, she's, she's just like, uh, it's probably like a helicopter or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like there are people on this planet that I know a lot of who do not care about anything besides the Kardashians or <laughs> you know, like what color of pillow they should get for their bedspread. Like it is, it's, it's very much a, like. Yep. It's a rough one. And, and you're hitting, I mean, I used to say to people, but we stopped chasing Kim Kardashian's butt and pay attention to this. It's, you know, it, it may not be as big, but it, it, it's more interesting. And yeah. look, I, 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 seven sightings of mine, two were cylinders in the sky that were hovering at angles. One, I was with a buddy of mine at the San, in Santa Monica, and I said, do you see what I see a point in the horizon? He says, what is that? It looks like that's just hovering there. I said, okay, we see it. Okay, let's go for the rest of our ride. I had the first UFOs I saw, I think, 1995, maybe. I was in Sedona, Arizona with a guy named Randy who used to represent the Meyer case, a great speaker, and another guy, a filmmaker. And we went to do stuff. I was doing new age comedy at the time and for Randy, for his opening act. And I would sit there and listen because we both knew the Meyer material. That's okay. So after this whole evening of doing this stuff, we, we go to where we're staying at a bed and breakfast. Randy and I get out of the car. And just as we do, we happen to both look like this. An object comes by soundlessly, silver sparks coming off of it, it's disc-shaped, some kind of orange, blue, green stuff. Silently, it looks like it goes straight into the side of a mountain. And our friend Phil gets out of the car and we said, Phil, did you see that? And Phil goes, see what? So Phil misses it. Then I'm in Sedona again, some years later with, oh, that was actually in 86, we saw that. Then in 95 in Sedona, we see a gray, jet plane like a passenger plane all grayed out with these globes behind it jockeying behind the tail assembly i said to my friend who i was with i said to her do you see what i see she said what are those i said okay good we see that so we've seen most of this stuff is secret military it isn't from outer space but it's interesting 
it's interesting yeah even and even if it is secret military it's like well then that's advanced technology that we have that we're that's not being openly given and then like we're well like that's a whole other like how 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 did we get that technology is that from our own volition or not is that is that reverse engineering is that like you know whatever it is it is still interesting and it is also kind of like well what the hell if it's been out this long like how come we're still getting on you know 737s and you know playing <laughs> right. this game like how can we still you know or like dealing with potholes and in, in highways you know i mean it's just like i don't it's kind of crazy but there's reasons we've had i just quick one Alternative craft were being developed as long as 100 years ago. And yes, the German slash Nazis got some. The ETs had given them telepathically transmitted plans. When they saw that the Nazis were going to use these for war, they altered it, made them unusable as military craft. But this kind of stuff, just think about this. We had this whole thing from the Pentagon a few minutes ago, all this hysteria about the the Tic Tac video. Recently, the destroyers in the sea just happened to have these strange globes around them. And then two days ago, Christopher Mellon comes out and says, well, now that these strange lights are we've got to evaluate this and see what that report is. What that is, yeah. It's a setup. So mm -hmm. anyway, is there anything else you, you think we should delve into? Well, okay. I, I, this has been a great interview, but I do have just like two more personal little questions that I wanted to ask. Okay, one, what is, and this I, this came to me because I was looking through some of Billy Meyer's photos and some of the landing sites that he shows are um, in the grass, they kind of look a little bit like miniature little crop circles. So what is his take on crop circles? One, and then two, I want to know what his, like what, if, if anything, if there's anything said about like, what's he think about like the fairy realm and like all that? Here's, this is interesting you mention it because, yes, these circles uh, were the landing tracks and they were swirled patterns of grass and he's photographed them before we even And they, they're very similar looking, that swirl is yeah. very remnant, exactly. like, that you find that in crop circles, so. Exactly. Now my, this is why I love the case because I did, remember in the beginning I said I made the deal that I could disagree or say I don't know. So my take on, after seeing some of the really beautiful crop circles, I said, this has to be the deliberate use of the same anti-gravitic uh, technology by extraterrestrials doing this. And Meyer and the Playaren said, mainly? No. Huh? Mm -hmm. They said, what you don't understand is that people on Earth are very creative. And there are people who, in the same way they get the inspiration for a great sculpture, a painting, a symphony. As in these times, a lot of people get inspired to, to make these patterns and they can they can do it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't buy that 100%. That, I don't buy that. Maybe for some, there's a lot of them that like I definitely think are man-made, but then, because I'm, I'm obsessed with the crop circle thing and and just about how everybody's given up on it and no one cares and they're still, but there, I think there's a, especially when you really start getting into it and there's people who go in there with uh, EMF readers and stuff and like there's a, there's a brand of crop circle that, and there's even been some that they've filmed like orbs around it. And then, and then they go in like an hour later, there is just like this immaculate thing that, you know, there's been some crazy cool, in my mind, evidences that crop circles, I'm not saying they're UFO, but there's something weird. 
I personally think they are related to the fairy realm, but that's because of a dream I had. But okay. so that's why I was going to ask you. All right. So let me just, I'll finish on the corruption for a second. Whatever they are, some people say, well, it's ETs communicating with us. The play Aaron actually said an interesting thing because they said there's a possibility that some were, but they said, if any of these are coming from other beings alien to your world, it's a very inefficient way of communicating. They can be beautiful in their own right, but it's not, it's too cryptic for, because it leaves itself open. I love the beauty of them. I don't care. So it's beautiful. I can still say to Billy, you know, Billy, that's just too much of a stretch for me that people on earth can, are capable of this, but let's deal with the important stuff. What we call the fairy realm, uh, the property that Billy has is in an area that many, many, many thousands of years ago, there was something called the Sonura Lake. And the, there were little beings that lived there who were probably about this big, something like that. They were this like a little dwarf race. Um, and this is where it's an interesting thing happens. They got wiped out. I think it was flooding or something happened. But even around the property there and Billy's property, they have all these little statues, like a little, you know, like gnomes. Oh. Yeah, yeah kind of cute. I used, a friend of mine used to call them gnomies. I said, you mean gnomes, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they have all these. And, but when they took over the property, some of there were energies on that property that were very disruptive. And what should be known here is, for the most part, that particular part of Switzerland right there is the most harmonious balance of energy. One of the places on the planet, you go there and you go, oh, this is nice. You just... And whatever you bring there gets amplified because the energy is so neutral and strong. If you come there with a peaceful state of mind, you're going to love. If you come there antagonistic, you're going to drag one. Another story for another time. Anyway, so there were some rough energies in the basement, I think, of the main house. And supposedly, the story, a race, an actual race from Andromeda, not the imaginary Andromedans that people cannot be in contact with because their vibes are just too high, came and they were a dwarf race also, came to clean the energies. And Bernadette, one of the people there, managed to take a picture, it isn't really super clear, of one of the little beings in the process from the top of moving down there in tiny little footprints in the dirt. So there are other dimensions that other beings live on. And as Billy has said, there are beings that are extremely large and extremely small. What we are thinking about regarding the fairy realm, I've not asked specifically. It could be an inaccuracy. It could be an accurate thing about these beings. But I don't have a definitive thing. And I might try to ask him. Yeah. I would just be interested to see like what his take from their take is because like I also kind of like part of me wonders if they're um uh a kind of like interdimensional like they they're also earthlings but they live on a different frequency that we can't see or um if it is kind of like a uh, you know remnants of a past like like age before man that we're seeing, you know, like, like a ghost shell of, or like some sort of time warping thing of, I don't really know. I just know that I used to think that the fairy realm was complete BS. And then I've had some run, some run-ins with some stuff that belongs in, in like, whatever, like 
saw a unicorn in real life and then I also you know saw like a, a, a I've seen like a little gnome site type thing and and stuff so I'm wondering what that is because it's because it's completely different like I wonder how what they think of ghosts you know sometimes I think oh, of a lot of these things have ghosts yeah there's a lot of information uh, if you ever want us to talk about that whole thing because uh, Billy clarifies a lot about things like spirits, ghosts, poltergeists, life after death, what it is, what it isn't. And that's a whole topic that if, if you want, I mean, I don't want to try and be glib with it. I know we're, you know, wrapping up here, but, uh, and just also to say in terms of the past, there's information going back literally millions of years about the origins of the humans that are on earth now, the naturally arising humans that are just tons of stuff because they know the history far better and the history that Billy's actually in some cases been shown he claims uh, doesn't accord with what we've been told so I'll leave it at that <laughs> okay cool well Michael this has been a pleasure thank you so much for uh reaching out to me like and I I'm, I'm super glad that uh we got to finally meet up and that like you know I looked into this because like this is really fun for me I think this is like <laughs> and I'm going to continue to look into it more and you know I think it yeah. I think it's it's uh, whether people believe it or don't believe it, like it's something that they should look into. It's definitely that worth. That would be better than believing or not believing. If people draw their own conclusions, pro or con, yes or no, that's fine. And my offer of a free film still stands. And then if you come up with any other uh, questions or things, if you or your listeners and viewers, if they send them to you or they send them to me, well, we could have other topics discussed. You know, I think the you know, the thing about what happens, reincarnation, ghost spirits could be of interest. And we can always talk about that and, and anything else that you might find in this case. Yeah, so, very cool. Yeah, I would definitely love to have you on again. So we'll, we'll have to set up a future date for that. And um, yeah, we'll see how this all, all plans out. So uh, <laughs> yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to say, though, before I end? I just say people can come to theyflyblog.com. And especially, please start looking into the COVID information and understand what these people are telling you. I will only say this, the information that we've published in yesterday's blog and in two other blogs about the dangers of the vaccines. We're not conspiracy theorists. There are times when Billy has recommended people get certain shots or whatever. These vaccines hold dangers. If you want to look into what they've said about it, then you make up your own mind because even Billy will not say do this or do they said, here's what we can tell you. You must determine the truth for yourself. That's hundred percent self-responsibility. Awesome. I think that that's a great message. Okay. Very cool. All right, Mr. Michael, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for coming on. Okay, cool. Thank you. Ha, ha, ha.